0: Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for joining today's Bellator Dynamite 2 conference call. Uh, As you know, Bellator Dynamite 2 airs live and free on Spike this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be immediately followed by Bellator Kickboxing St. Louis uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, On today's call, we have Rampage Jackson, Satoshi Ishii, Michael Chandler, Patricky Pitbull, Matt Mitrione, and Carlson Monatafa. If you guys have questions, we're going to open the line up for questions now. Please press star one on your telephone, and the operator will uh, open your line for questions. Thank you.
1: The first question comes from the line of Steve Juwan with MMAMania.com.
2: Thank you, Operator. My first question is for Rampage Jackson. And Jackson, I want to say happy birthday yesterday. Hope you had a good one. And Satoshi Ishii has already talked about how he looks forward to showing off his improved striking from training with Rico Verubin and Gagard Musasi. So what are you looking forward to showing off on Friday and what kind of fight do you expect?
3: Oh well, I'm looking forward to showing off an ass with <laughs>
2: Is it going to be a first-round ass-whooping? Are you making any kind of prediction?
3: Uh, I don't predict shit because I'm not psychic, but I predict that I'm going to whoop his ass.
2: (laughs) How good does it feel to be back in Bellator again?
3: How does it feel about asking me another damn question?
2: (laughs) All right, well... (laughs) Jackson, you're always entertaining. Thank you very much. And uh, my next question is for Patricky Frary. Michael Chandler has said that you tend to look for the knockout in the first round, and if you don't get it, your resolve fades after that. So how do you respond, and what do you expect to do?
4: At one moment, I'm translating. Sure. Eu não vou buscar o knockout no primeiro round. Eu estou pronto para lutar os cinco rounds. I'm ready to fight five rounds. I'm not looking to knock them out, knock out in the first round. É, o knockout vai ser a consequência da luta. Não importa se... And the ele... knockout vai going to be a consequence of, of the fight. Não importa se vai ser no primeiro round. ou no not matter último round. If it's the first round or the last round. Eu não tenho só knockout. Eu tenho finalizações também. And I don't just
2: look for knockouts, I look for submissions, too. Very good. Thank you, sir. And my final question before I pass on to the next caller is to Matt Mitrione. Talk to me about how you're looking forward to making your Bellator debut and what it means to you to have your first fight on a big card like this.
5: Do I, I can't wait. I'm excited to uh, move on to this portion of my life, to uh, you know, brand-new promotion for me, and uh, you know, it's a brand-new audience for the most part. And I look forward to getting out there and putting on the show.
2: Do you think it puts you in contention for a heavyweight title since the title is currently vacant?
5: Well, you know what the good thing is? is that's really not my business. I don't really care if it does or not. I have to go out there and fight who they tell me to fight as long as the, the paychecks don't bounce. I'm there to do work. So, you know, the powers that be can think about that. And after I put this ass open on Carl... Then um, you know, then we can talk about it if that's what they want to talk about. If not, then I'll take whatever fight I can on short notice and get in there and stay busy.
2: All right. Sounds like ads flippings are the order of the day all around. Thank you, gentlemen.
5: Thank you.
1: The next question comes from the line of Stephen Marico with MMA Junkie dot com.
6: Hey, questions for Matt. Um kind of wanted to follow up on that uh, question a little bit. I mean well, what did you take from your last fight? I know that there was a lot of controversy and you appealed the result, but what sort of lessons did you take from that fight, and did it prompt you to make any changes in, in your strategy or overall game plan as a fighter
5: You know you know I think I took a couple things away from it. I think mostly that uh you, you can't you can't necessarily force a fight and you can't change the way you fight to uh to appease others other your opponent or a referee or whatever else you have to fight the way you do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the hurt game. It's the fight business. You know, it's, you don't just fight for fun. You fight for a a career and a paycheck. So, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be smart about what you do. And, uh, and that's kind of, honestly, I know, I understand it's kind of ambiguous, but that's what I took away from it. And, um, and I feel that uh, it didn't modify anything in how I do. Like I still, I'm still highly aggressive. I still come forward. I still throw heavy leather, uh, but maybe some tactics and some uh, ways I, I approach uh, some getting into certain positions or combinations have changed.
6: Can you talk to me about how you, how you feel about how the, uh, the appeal played out? Um, do you think you were given a fair shake and um, sort of what your plan is now? Uh, I think you mentioned before that you were going to appeal it to the state, the state courts if, if you had to. Um, how do you think it played out?
5: Uh, I think it's a sham. I think it's a, a a a terrible uh I think it's a terrible occurrence. I think that the case, if anybody listened to it or, or saw it online, which I believe it was available or has seen the minutes, uh the case was extremely strong and that uh I think we did a, a very solid job presenting it, even though my lawyer was on the way to the hospital at the time. So um I think that uh and as soon as the, the everything was closed it was as if, like, testimony was closed. It was as if nothing had even been spoken. And the person that kind of railroaded that that, that meeting, um, he was pretty much like, look, this is how I feel about it, blah, blah, blah. Like, disregarded all information or all statistics and facts. So it's a shame. But I'm sure there's some hungry contingent, contingent lawyer that wants to, or contingency lawyer that wants to, uh, you know, take it further and, and go after some money. And uh, I'm, I'm down for those conversations because I know my case is strong and I know my position is valid.
6: So, so why is fighting on short notice uh, something you're specifically targeting after this fight with Paul?
5: Um, just, uh, do I, I, need, I, need, I need a carrot in front of me at all times. I don't do well sit on the shelf. Uh, the wheels are going to fall off sooner or later, and I don't want to be sitting around when they do. So if I can get in there, get active, get busy, then that's something I sure as hell want to do. Plus, I only pay when I get work. So, uh, you know, if, if I find to work to get paid, let's, let's do it, man.
1: As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Once again, that is star 1. And our next question comes from the line of Alakish with Sports Kita. Hey,
7: guys. Uh, greetings from India. Uh, my first question is for Ishii. Now, Ishii, you'll be making your North American debut against uh, one of the most accomplished fighters in uh, Rampage Jackson. So, what are your thoughts about fighting someone like Rampage uh, in your first Bellator fight?
3: Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to this fight, and yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to the fight. I can't wait. On Friday.
7: All right, great. Now, also, as uh, someone asked uh, uh, about your striking uh, game improving, you previously also talked about uh, wanting to fight rampage on the ground. Now, how comfortable would you be standing up and trading with uh, Quinton?
3: No, I mean, just I'm more of a ground ground fighter, so more I think more you know good for me to bring to ground.
7: All right. Uh, my next question is for Rampage. Now, Rampage, uh, talking about your fight with Ishii, can you give us your thoughts on your opponent and uh, what would uh, your game plan be against the former Olympic uh, gold medalist in Judo?
3: Oh, I'm going to tell you my game plan right now while Ishii is right here listening to this, uh, this interview. So give me one second. Game plan coming right up.
7: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, also, you recently uh, spoke about your training regimen changing uh, with you uh, growing older. Can you dwell a little on that? And uh, also tell us how your camp went for a fight with Ishii.
3: My, my camp went great. This has been like one of the best camps I've had in a long time.
7: Okay. And uh, about your uh, training regimen changing with with your uh, uh,
3: with you growing older. Oh, I was better. Train smarter.
7: All right. Now, also, you've been talking about moving up a weight class for a while now. Now, before that can happen, considering you're a 3 in Bellator and can add one more win later this week, would you be interested in fighting uh, Liam McGeary uh, for the title before moving up? Fighting who? Uh, the champion. What uh, weight well, class is he? The uh, light heavyweight. I'm thinking about moving up to heavyweight, buddy. I don't like yeah, I mean, weight. before you move up, before you move up, would you be interested in fighting for the title? Uh, I don't
3: like cutting weight, buddy.
7: <laughs> All right, uh, fair enough. Now, uh, my next question goes to uh, Matt Mitrium. Now, Matt, uh, you will be facing an opponent whose uh, nine wins out of ten came from knockouts. So, leading up to the fight, how do you see your debut fight play out?
5: Um. I see me punching Carl in his face and putting my shins on his body until he decides he doesn't want to play anymore.
1: The next question comes from the line of Melinda Ritchie with MMA Sentinel.
8: Hello, this question is for Matt Mitrione. Um, Since you're still planning on appealing with the State Athletic Commission and part of your argument was that fighters need to be protected from themselves, Um, Have you instructed your corner any different if the referee fails you? Have you instructed your corner um, to help protect you in that type of situation? I'm sorry, could you ask that again? Sure. So since part of your reasoning behind um, disputing the decision um, with Brown was that you feel that fighters need to be protected from themselves by officials. So when the official fails, have you now instructed your corner on anything you would like them to do to protect you?
5: Well, it, it really, I mean, if you, want to, if you want to be technical about it, it never should have gotten to that point in the first place. In the middle of the fight, when the referee saw that I was gouging my eye for the second time and didn't stop it for 35 seconds after nine exchanges, uh, and I said, I can't fucking see, I'm seeing double bud. The fight should have been called right then and there and should have been called a, a disqualification or a no contest due to uh, an infraction or, uh, um, and being uh, impaired from an infraction. So really, if you want to be technical about it, there's nothing I've told my corner, but it's a fact that it never should have happened in the first place. I never should have gotten to that point.
8: Agreed. So have you started researching your refs? for your future um, back to make any protests if you feel that they're not experienced enough?
5: No, I have not. Uh, and honestly, man, I, I don't, I don't think, I think this is just one travesty of, of uh, appointing uh, of, of, of whatever, you know, like uh, Gary Foreman should have never been involved in a in fight of that magnitude ever. He has no, no qualifications to be there. He shouldn't have ever been there. I don't think that's the case with anybody else. And I don't expect that to be the case of anybody else. If they're going to be appointed, they should be qualified and sanctioned. That's it. They should, they should have the, the trust and competence to do so. So I'm not going to change my careers or give any kind of worries about it. As long as Gary Forman is not my referee, I don't care who it is.
8: Okay, thank you. And also your first gig as the Bellator kickboxer color commentator was a month ago in Italy. How did you feel that went?
5: Um, You know, I was uh, was nervous for it It was was interesting I don't get nervous for fights But I was really nervous for the the response and the review And, uh, you know, it was nice It it was received relatively well And obviously there's things that I have to get better at Um, But, you know, I'm cutting my teeth in front of a a national audience And it was uh, exciting And I enjoyed it And hopefully they'll give me another chance
8: Thank you and for Michael Chandler, um, the last time you fought Petriki was in May two thousand eleven, and what changes have you seen in his skills, if any? Uh,
9: you know, I, I think he's definitely improved. Um, it has been a while. He's 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 very much, um, very much the same old same old though. He's got he's got a ton of ton of power in his hands. Got some got some spectacular knockouts. He knocks guys out, so you have to be. Uh, you have to be, you have to do your homework and you have to prepare right. And that's exactly what I've done. I've prepared perfectly for this fight. Um, You will see a new and improved version of myself. I'm the best that I've ever been Um, with my new training camp that I've been working uh, down in Boca Raton with Neil Melanson and Henry Hoof. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited wherever this fight goes, I'm going to be prepared. And uh, like I said, I did my homework. I I trained perfectly for this fight for this particular opponent. Um, Obviously him and I, know each other well, because we have fought before, we've been fighting the same promotion for a really long time, and I knew our our paths would cross eventually, so I've been thinking about this fight for uh, many years, and it's a fight that I see myself going out there and getting my hand raised um, numerous ways, and that's what's going to happen on Friday night, so I'm excited for it.
8: And is this a permanent change in your camp?
9: I think the MMA industry, there's nothing permanent. You know, I, I love what I'm doing right now. I love, I love being down in Boca with Neil Melanson, Henry Hoops, Black Zillions. The team is great, coaching is great. But, uh, you know, being in this sport seven years, eight years now, there's absolutely nothing permanent about this, um, about this sport, about this industry, unless, except for the fact that you have to do, um, do the best for yourself, and you have to make the right decisions for yourself. You know, so I, I can't call anything permanent. But yes, I am uh, training down there in Boca right now, and I plan on going back after I win this title and defending the belt. So um, with that being said, there's nothing permanent in this sport, um, but I I definitely plan on going back.
8: Thank you. And last question. Um, Since you've faced former champion Will Brooks twice and weren't successful twice, will this be as satisfying emotionally as winning over Brooks?
9: A satisfying emotion what?
8: Will this be as satisfying as being able to win the belt from Brooks?
9: Uh to me it doesn't it doesn't matter who I fight. I mean this is this is the fight game. Um, you know, like like Matt said, it's the hurt business. It's it's uh there's a bunch of highs and a bunch of lows. I know I know my uh my past failures have prepared me for my future, so I'm excited for it and I don't care who it is, who I step into the cage with, I'm really competing against myself. I'm competing against uh, my former self. It, can I go out there and perform the way that I need to? Can I go out there and perform like I should and um, reach my full potential? That's really all I care about. I could care less who I fight. I could care less what weight class it is. I could care less where it is or who, who it is or, or what's going on, whether it's for the title or not. Man, I just I just want to go out there, and I want to perform, and I want to get my hand raised no matter who it is. So that's, that's all I can really say
8: about that. Thank you, and good luck on Friday, gentlemen. Thank you.
1: The next question comes from the line of Luke Thomas with Box Media. Uh,
2: good afternoon. This question is for Matt Mitrione. Matt, uh, you know, the, the Bellator heavyweight uh, title is sort of up for grabs. I'm curious to what extent you believe um, a win on Friday would put you in position for, um, I guess, a title shot.
5: Well, first of all, what's up, Luke? Um, second, you know, honestly, man, it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much. It, it's not my opinion. It's I mean, it's not my my place to make a decision or a statement on that. It depends on how uh, handily I beat uh, Carl and how I go about doing it. So if I put on a good enough show and 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 the man feels that hey, I'm in line or we should fight for that vacated title, then I'll scrap whoever they want. If not, just get me, just keep me busy, man. That's all I want to do. Stay busy, stay active. There's plenty of heavyweights in the heavyweight division. Rampage wants to come to the heavyweight division. There's so many conversations to have afterwards that uh, you know, assuming that uh, everything goes well we can always figure it out.
2: Uh just as a quick follow-up, to to what extent is it a priority for you? And I guess what I mean by that is if, if and obviously if you're fighting for a title, you're you're gonna be on bigger cards and, and at the top of them. But I guess if the question was posed to you, bigger fights on bigger cards or um, you know, uh, maintaining and winning that title, what is the bigger priority for you at this point in your career?
5: Yeah, I, I, honestly, man, I, 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 I don't care. I really, I, I really don't. I, I enjoy competing. I enjoy being active. I don't have an agenda on either side. Uh, to get this strap, cool, awesome, sweet. Sounds like a lot of fun. Fight for a strap? Cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. Have huge fights on, on big, big events and, and, you know, make money all hand over fist? Awesome. Sounds great. Just keep me busy. I don't care which one it is. I'll do both. I mean, let me fight for the title, win it, and then retain it against whoever in the world wants to fight. Cool. Great. Awesome. I'm on board. Just keep me active. That's all I want.
3: Fair enough. Thanks, guys.
1: The next question comes from the line of Steven Morocco with MMAJunkie.com.
6: Hey, uh, quick, quick one for Quentin. Um, why do a 215-pound catch weight as opposed to just a heavyweight bout? What's the significance behind that?
3: Uh, actually, I don't, I don't know. I, it, the fight was given to me at a at a catch weight, and I didn't turn it down. I didn't have no decision making in that.
6: So, so it wasn't about um, sort of tapering up in weight and. And it didn't have no. anything to
3: do about, you know, like okay no, um, i would think I would have read it been a heavyweight fight because uh I've been thinking about going to heavyweight for a while, so you know, they offered me fight at two fifteen, I, I said, yeah, i think thinking now, nah, I guess I should have said, Let's do the heavyweight
6: <laughs> I mean if it was a the, if there was a two hundred and fifteen pound weight class, do you think that's where you would thrive the, the best?
3: Yeah. I would like to fight there because I, I really I You know, I, I, I think I'm too small to to go against the bigger heavyweights, but, you know, I'm too big to be at the 205 weight class now. So 215, 220 would be perfect for me.
6: When you do, like, go up to heavyweight, what do you expect to – do you expect to still be around 215 pounds, or do you think you're going to get at, at any bulk?
3: I, I think I'll start lifting weights more, and um, – and I'll probably walk around by like 235, 240. Because uh, throughout my whole career, I've been staying away from the weights. I've only been doing weights for, like, um, strength and conditioning. But for go heavyweights, I start lifting um, heavy weights, stuff
6: like that. Gotcha. Thank you. And then for um, Michael, um, I'm wondering how long you've been in camp. Um, the fight was canceled in May, and you pretty much just rolled into this next one. How, how long have you been training? Man, I tell you what, it's been a now. Now that it's
9: over, and now that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I can, and I just, uh, you know, I just saw the belt downstairs doing photos and stuff. It's, it's all. My mindset has changed, but it was, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, definitely a long process. You know, I, uh, I was excited to fight May 14th for, for Josh Thompson. I got down, I got down to Boca nine weeks before May 14th. It was somewhere in in March. So I've literally been down in Boca um, late March, all of April and all of May and all of June, you know? So it's been, it's been over three months there. And, you know, the the great thing is I've made so many improvements with my striking, with my grappling, with my wrestling, with every single aspect. So it's, it's been a long camp, um, basically two camps on on one, but I got great people around me who have pulled me back when I need, need to be pulled back, make sure I didn't get overtrained. And, uh, I'm right where I need to be, in shape, and uh, the most skilled I've ever been. So it's good. What
6: was it like spending all that time in
9: Florida? Just living in Florida. It's, it's different, man. It's me. I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I'm, I've gotten used to it, though. I've, I've traveled a lot. I've spent a lot of time in, in, you know, little apartments by myself, hanging out, not doing much at all besides training. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I thrive. You know, my, my. Training camp is my training camp, and I don't expect to have fun. I don't expect to have friends. I don't expect to uh, go out to eat or go grab a movie or do any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's a very boring, minimalist lifestyle, and I kind of love it. I, I thrive in it. It, it, uh, it excites me, and it gets me, it gets me excited about improving and, and going out there and doing great things. You know? So it was tough to be away from my wife. Um, but our our relationship has gotten better being all the way away from each other and and just me being able to being able to be, me being able to really pursue what i uh, want to do and, and the calling on my life has made me love life more love her more um, so it's been it 's been great you know so it'll be it 'll be nice to go out there get this strap Friday night, take a little vacation, spend some time with her, and just uh you know figure out what 's what 's next on the horizon.
6: If you put these two camps together, is this the longest training camp you've ever had?
9: You know, this this actually happened to me a while back. I, uh, I was supposed to fight Dave Jansen a couple of years ago for the title, and uh, he got hurt, and they couldn't find a replacement again, I guess, and uh, I had to wait for Dave Rickles nine weeks later. So I was basically in camp that whole time, too. So there's been a couple times where I've done double camps, but... Man, I'm I'm an extremely durable guy. My body, my body can withstand a lot because of my wrestling background and and uh, I guess just genetics and whatnot. But you know, I uh, I don't know. I, I kind of thrive in it. You know, I I I enjoy it. You know, it, it was it was definitely tough. There was t- times when it was tough and it and it got monotonous. But every single day, you know, it, it was uh, kind of a renewed rejuvenation to be able to be training at a new training camp around new people with new coaches or, or being reunited with the greatest coach in the MMA game, in my opinion, which is Neil Melanson. That's why I went down to Florida. And then it just turns out that all the other coaches and training partners were um, a lot, you know, they exceeded my expectations. So, it was it was a great camp.
6: Last question. If you beat Pitbull, do you expect Josh Thompson to be a first title offense?
9: You know, I, uh, I hope so, man. I, I, I wish him well. I wish him a speedy recovery. I don't know the extent of in, his injuries and whatnot, but I hope he does. I think it's a fight that that the fans want to see. I think it's a fight that that uh, he that he wants, that I want. It's a fight that Bellator wants. Bellator invested in him, and and uh, you know I, I think uh, I think that fight is definitely a fight that needs to happen. So I, I hope he comes back, and you know whether I fight him next or or you know there's a Ben H- Ben Henderson fight on the horizon. Hopefully, uh, you know we'll see what happens. Thank you.
1: The next question comes from the line of Jason Floyd with the MMA report.
10: My first question would be for Matt, and follow-up on, on the referee part of this. Have yourself or anyone in your camp reached out to Missouri Commission to see who the referee is going to be in your fight to make sure that maybe you don't have any issues with that referee?
5: No, I have not, and I do not plan on it.
10: Is that something you would have, do in the future? I not
5: have any kind of no it's not i should not have any kind of issues with any referees referees should not be a part of the conversation they should be there to keep everything fair and just and moving along uh so i'm not going to spend my time worrying about a referee and who's going to be there and
4: who's not
10: thanks Uh, my next question would be for michael Chandler. mike you've been in a lot of title fights in bellator how does the preparation for this title fight compare to your other title fights
9: um, You know, I think ever since I started the sport, I, I haven't really changed my much in my preparation. You know, whether it's a whether it's a title fight or whether it's a you know was just a regular fighter or whether it was the tournament fights. For me, it's always a constant pursuit to to just get better. You know, I I even though you know during these last two camps that I've had to train for, you know, one I was fight, about to fight Josh Thompson. Now I'm fighting Patricky. You know, I I'm, I don't really focus. A ton on them. I mean, I know, uh, I know a lot of what they bring to the table. I've seen, I've seen Patricky fight a bunch of times. So I've seen the tapes. I've seen his, his, uh, his tendencies, his mannerisms. I know exactly where I can exploit him. And, and I, uh, but mainly I, I focus on myself, you know, especially with this, with this training camp, I I was at a new place, uh, learning a new striking system and learning and getting back to um, that, that Neil Melanson grappling system that I've uh, been a, away from a little bit over the last year or so. So I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared in every aspect of the um, of wherever this fight might go, and I'm excited to go out there and compete.
10: Patricky mentioned about having Vada doing out-of-competition testing for this fight. Is that something that you had attempted to have take place, or is that just something that just couldn't happen?
4: Was that something that
9: attempted to take place yeah
10: did did you did you reach out to whether it was anybody in bellator to try to make sure this could happen
9: no i i didn't i i uh you're talking about over social media yeah yeah no i uh i have no idea i guess i guess he got mad that somebody accused him of using in the past or whatnot and you know he said it was all just hard work so i don't know i don't know how that happened i think he just got a little upset that a fan kind of accused him i had nothing to do with it um you know, I'm all for drug testing. I would love to be drug tested. I would love I, I honestly get um a little jealous when I see pictures of people uh, you know, in the UFC saying, Oh, you saw pop you know, popped in at six A. M. this and that because I think you know, I want people to know how how much I get drug tested. I want people, you know, I want people to, to know when I get drug tested. And uh because that's it just legitimizes all your hard work, you know, because I, I get that stuff all the time, you know, people say oh look at that he's obviously using this or he's obviously using that you can't you can't look like that when it was just hard work and diet and you know it's kind of a it's kind of a big you know you know kind of forget you to be able to say here I just got drug tested here all this is is hard work diet and uh you know uh, the lifestyle this is a lifestyle and it's just it's just people's insecurities when they say those kinds of things and accuse accuse people of of using so for me I don't accuse anybody of doing it um, and I obviously don 't do it, so i just i I just believe hard work prevails so
10: my final question would be for patricky Pippo patricky Michael talked about what the first fight that you two guys had. What do you remember from that first fight you had with Michael
4: that... <laughs> O começou, os rounds começaram bastante equilibrado e toda vez que eu tava evoluindo, ele chutava o meu saco. I remember that each round was pretty much starting off equal and then I would get kicked in the nuts. Toda vez que eu tava evoluindo em cada round, eu tava machucando o rosto dele, ele chutava meu saco. Every time I started hurting him, I got kicked in the nuts again. E no terceiro round, ele ele me dominou. And then in the third round, I got dominated. This time will be different. Because this time I'm going to get the belt, and he's not going to go back to Florida. Maybe he'll go back to San Diego. Thanks, guys.
1: Question comes from the line of Steve Juwan with MMAmania.com.
2: Thank you, operator. This question is for Sam Anatapa. And first, I want to know—it's been his reputation up to this point that he's a guy that promoters can call on short notice. So, how does it feel to have a full camp for Matrion this time?
4: Oh, uh, it feels great. I'm ready to fight. Ready to get. All
2: right. Now, a lot of the questions so far have been for Chandler, Mitrione, and Rampage. Do you feel a little overlooked, even though you've got a major fight on this card?
4: No, I, no I'm I'm good.
3: <laughs> I'm not really good at doing interviews, so I'm just sitting here hoping nobody will ask
0: me a question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to ruin your warning, but I've got a few for you. What kind of fight are you expecting to have with Mitrione? What kind of performance do you want to have?
4: Uh the war. or uh, war. It's a suicide mission for me.
2: Alright. What what do you see as your prospects in military Heavyweight Division? That how far do you want to take it?
3: Uh the faster the better.
2: Alright. Well thank you, that's uh, everything. Next caller.
1: I have no further questions in queue at this time.
0: All right, I just wanted to thank everybody for joining us on today's call. Uh, once again, Bellator Dynamite 2 this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, live and free on Spike. Uh, make sure you guys tune in. Thank you for your time today and have a great day. Bye bye. Welcome back, Rampage.
1: That concludes this afternoon's teleconference. You may now disconnect.